Ahead with Paul Flaherty, a weekly show that focuses on mental health and well-being. Sundays on Lockray Community Radio, brought to you by Dignity Funeral Care, funeral directors caring for your peace of mind. Hello, you're very welcome along to today's episode of Mind the Head here on Lockray Community Radio with me, Paul Flaherty. Uh, Mind the Head is your weekly mental health and well-being show where I meet a variety of guests, some that are experts in their field and sometimes by guests that have overcome adversity and achieved personal challenges. And on today's show, I'm very pleased to welcome along uh, reality TV star Huey Mohan. Huey, hello to you. Hello, and thank you very much for having me. I'm just going to ask you, can you hear me, God? I can hear you loud and clear. Fabulous. Thank you so much. Um, it's lovely to be here with you. Thanks for asking me and having me on. Brilliant. So, Huey, you first came into our the public eye and attention back in 2016 when you were runner-up on the Big Brother reality TV show. And I have to say, I'm kind of fanboying because I loved Big Brother. And I remember the year that you were yeah. in it. It was a brilliant, brilliant series. Um We'll get into that in a second, because I only want to, I obviously want to go ask you all the details about Big Brother and all that, but kind of one of the interesting things I found out about you before you went into Big Brother was that you were actually a youth worker. Would you like yeah. to tell us some about, something about that? Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's, I, I think it's so lovely that you're such a big fan of the show, so we have things in common. I was the biggest fan ever. And um, when I actually came back to my time, working in the youth club in Ballymun. In the, I used to work in a place called the Ballymun Child and Family Resource Centre in Shangan in Ballymun, obviously, in Dublin, where I grew up. And I was 21. And when I think back of my time there, I really do think of Big Brother because I was only working in that particular organisation for about eight, nine months. And that was the time when I was auditioning for the show. And I remember being in the office one day with my co-workers with um, a lady called Marion and um, with the manager and a few other people and they were all chatting about the celebrity big brother that was on at the time and yeah. this was January 2016 and I was like thinking in my own head little did they know that I'm actually having interviews right now for the summer series it was crazy oh so you couldn't tell anybody that you were kind of in the audition process or that you were yeah going through the various stages yeah, oh wow i remember um every wednesday we'd have these three ladies that would volunteer at the at the, the, the homer club the kids after school homer clubs in the center and um they were outside talking because one of the ladies is a cousin of a guy called mark o'neill who was on big brother uk 2015 um and it's crazy because we're both from valley money we were both on UK Big Brother. Ballymun is such like a little small place and nobody there does mm-hmm. stuff from telly, you know what I mean? Yeah, or anything like yeah. that, really. Well, actually, having said that, we've had quite a few people on Fair City from Ballymun. Right. <laughs> <laughs> as we speak. So, Ballymun has a little reputation now. We're turning into a little star search town. <laughs> is that going to be the new um, Hollywood of Ireland, I wonder? Ballymun. Yeah, is it going to be up oh, in the hills? Ballymun. Yeah. Bally, Ballywood. Ballywood. <laughs> um, but my. Um, yeah, so it was crazy because those ladies were talking one day about Mark um, going back to doing his tripping and stuff he used to do. Um, and at the same time, I was thinking, I'm going to be on that show that you're sat there talking about. And we used to have some, like, um, teenagers as well, the ones that were well-behaved because it was primarily primary school kids in the youth club. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the ones that were well behaved that were like older siblings of the kids there could come in and they loved all of the Instagram and telly stuff and all. So, um, and on my lunch break when I was there, that's when I used to do my phone chats with producers and I used to print everything off because I didn't have a computer or a printer at home, which I still don't. <laughs> um, so I used to do it at work. And so when I think back to my job there, it's, I really do think of Big Brother because that was the time when that was my life before my life really did change yeah. i hadn't even come out to my family yet mm, so mm. i think back to that time as such a memorable time in my life yeah you're so talking about the big brother process i mean okay the first question i have to ask you is i know you've said you're a big fan of the show but why did you apply the biggest fan in the world. Um, I grew up, I was five years old and I loved MTV. I always wanted to do something on a stage and perform and I'm, I've always been very opinionated, very political. I've always, I've never been somebody that wanted to sit in a corner. I never believed in the conventional way of life. I just could never understand it all my life. And I grew up in the traveling community and I, without standing stereotypical, a typecast, but in my experience, I felt like I lived in a world where I didn't know my own identity within it. I felt like I had nobody to relate to. I didn't understand why everybody just had to do certain things just because there were travelers in the mm -hmm. eyes of other people. And I watched shows like Big Brother and I found people I related to. Mm -hmm. And I loved those shows. I loved the entertainment. I loved when they came out and all the cameras were there and it made me feel so excited, like how some people love sports. I just loved popular culture. Yeah. I read everyone's autobiography. I bought the magazines every week. This is before I knew, obviously, it's all a lot of garbage, how fake a lot of stuff is and lies there is and exaggeration and stuff. But I was just so, I just loved that world. And I didn't used to have a lot of friends growing up. So I feel like this was like my own little escape. Do you know when people mm -hmm. become so obsessed with some theories like Harry Potter and mm. stuff and they say that it's always kids that were really bullied and all when you look at the fans of these shows and people that are huge Lady Gaga fans and really followed their careers I was like that with Big Brother and other shows and when I got older I came out to my family in a pub called the County Bar in Ballyfermot New Year's Eve coming into 2016 and then I said to myself um, in to January, I'm going to start doing things I've always wanted to do. I'm sick of never really living my life for myself. I had really, in the past year before that, stopped mixing with people. I was 20 years old. I was never going out. I wasn't dating. Like, I wasn't, like, having sex. Or I wasn't doing anything that people of that age do when they're experimenting or anything. Like, obviously, I, I'd been out and drank mm. and had sex from... Mm. I dated people and all. I'm not saying I'd never done any of that by 20. I just feel like I used to have fun when I was about 18 or 19, but then when I was about 20, I started suffering with my mental health and I was just sitting in. I wasn't working. I didn't have a job. I literally had nothing going on in my life. And then my life started to get better. I started working in the Child and Family Resource Center. I started taking care of how I looked again and I started mixing with people and I really started planning for my own life going forward. And one of those things I wanted to get on a TV show, I was like, I have to get on a television show. I need to do this. 
I love reality television. Mm-hmm. I want to see the other side. Now, funnily enough, I think this is quite interesting. I was the biggest ever Big Brother fan, and I definitely wanted a career in the media, but I didn't think Big Brother would give me that. Because I was such a huge fan and a big fan of popular culture, I was very aware of the fact that Big Brother was no longer the monster that mm. it was. It mm. wasn't the rating hit. It was a show that kind of was seen in a desperate way. It's like, oh, it's on Channel 5. Yeah. That's not a rich yeah. channel. Yeah. All of that. Um, it's a show that has celebrities on Celebrity Big Brother that aren't even celebrities. Mm. You know, it was like that. Yeah. Um, it was like a girl that sold a story is suddenly a celebrity and then it's weird because they have somebody like that on the non-celebrity show. I was aware of all of that. But to me, I wanted to do the show for the experience. I wanted to get away from home. It was like my idea of having a gap year or going traveling. It was like that experience I wanted to do, but I knew my life would be greatly changed by it. Being a traveler, the traveling community mm. being very small, being very, very nosy. So I knew the next time I'd go to the traveler wedding, absolutely everybody would know who I am and that would never change. I also knew that in Ireland, my life would change because we have very few reality stars, especially in 2016. Like we have a lot of influencers and mm. podcasters, etc. now, but we didn't have that in 2016 because that industry didn't exist. And we had five television channels. We had one reality show on telly, which was the voice. So it wasn't even really like that kind of reality TV world. So I knew back home in Ireland, things would change, but I never thought it would bring me any sort of money or fame or anything like that. Um, I think it really, like we can obviously go into this a bit more later on in the conversation, but the lightning say to make what I just said make sense. It's taken a few years to build on stuff for me to gain work and career and money in this industry. But like, it's all relative to that question you asked me, where, why did I do the show? It's not as straightforward as I just wanted to be on telly or just wanted to be on Big Brother. There was something so much more deeper to mm. me why I really wanted to do it. It was like, I need to do something in my life that I really want to do. And that really resonated with the producers and the psychologists because they really knew that I was such a huge fan that this was a life-changing experience for me because even if I never done telly work from it, I was, I just come out to my family. This was coming out to the rest of my family. Mm. This was coming out to my community. It might change the public view and the internal issues in my community. And it would change my life because I'd finally do something that is for me and I'd gain a level of confidence and self-esteem and worldliness from it. And it really did. And to add the bonus to it is I, I did end up getting work and a career in media from it which I never expected mm-hmm. but if I didn't I still believe I'd have found a way to make telly work <laughs> but maybe that is what I've done maybe Big Brother hasn't just given me that it's my perseverance and personality as well and drive and you know knowledge of the industry because I was a big fan um I don't know it's crazy I, I feel like I've probably answered every one of your questions uh, <laughs> you're okay but it, it is very relevant to it like yeah. I was I, I just really wanted to do the show and I truly believed in my heart like no was not an answer I was yeah. definitely getting on that show uh, well uh, kind of what I wanted to lead on to kind of was because obviously there was an audition process at what stage in that process did you think that okay I actually have this is looking good now I've got a real chance of getting in here um, I was very confident in each 
stage because I knew I was ace in it because no wasn't an option. I spent my last 300 quid in my bank to get on a flight and book a hotel to go to England. Yeah. And within 10 minutes, people were getting sent home. So I had not Whoa. gone there yeah. to leave within 10 minutes. There wasn't, a, I was not leaving. I knew I was getting through. And what happened is I went, as I said earlier, I don't have a, um, a computer or a printer at home. So I used to print stuff out at work, yeah. right? I wasn't in work this day. I went, no, sorry, I wasn't in work. But no, I wasn't in work this day. This was on the weekend. And I needed to get something ready for work on the Monday or something. So I went to the local job centre in Ballymun to use the computer to fill some stuff out. So what I done was I Googled, it came into my head. This was like the fifth or 4th or 5th of January I'd have to check my emails and to find the date and I googled how do you audition for Big Brother now I did know that they have a website and you google and you go through the link but I also knew as a huge fan that a lot of people audition for these shows and I'd watch I really done my research like, yeah, this, is, yeah, yeah. this is how you get like if I'd done this in every other aspect of my life, I'd probably be a multi-millionaire. <laughs> so maybe I need to gain this brain. I had watched interviews with producers and stuff, and they said like how they don't really look at all these videos and stuff because there's so many to look at. And I knew auditioning through the normal way would just be so difficult to stand out and be heard because of tens of thousands of applicants. Um. So what I done was I Googled that for a reason because I wanted loads of information to come up all different websites, etc. And there was an article right on the bottom of the page from the Huffington Post, which is like, you know, like... Uh, yeah, I've heard of this. Yeah. It's the news outlet. And I don't know how, but in this news article, there was an email address for a TV producer who worked on the show that year. And it said they're coming to Carlisle in the UK, which is like north of the UK, the northwest, above Blackpool. Um, and at the end, it said, if you think you're having a take, our friend does email these to get seen. So I emailed that address, a huge, long paragraph. And that email was the email of all emails. It was so shocking, the stuff that I said, but I knew I had to stand out. I knew I also needed to explain to them like, I'm not just talking shite either to get your attention, even even though I was. Mm. But I was telling the truth, but I was deliberately saying the most controversial parts of my life. And I got a phone call that night. No, I, I, an email, sorry. Saying, I want to pass you... No, my friend... I got an email saying, my friend passed on your details, but this is now a different producer. And his name is Dominic Tassani, and I thank him for the day I died for what he'd done for my life and he said you sound so fascinating please give me your phone number and whatever and then he rang me about a night or two later and I was watching The Only Way of Essex with my little sister and I walked mm -hmm. outside and chatted to him and the stars had obviously aligned that it was meant to be because they were coming to Dublin about a day or two later so if I'd left it like a week I'd have missed them in Dublin and I went to meet them in the Jury's Inn Hotel, which is now called a different name, and it's on the keys. Um, and I had this big meeting with them. And when I went in there, I seen auditionees coming in and out 
after 10 minutes. Okay. So when I went in, I drank a big huge kind of Red Bull. I was buzzing my ass in the Yeah. And I walked in and I met Dominic. And then in comes the now incredible television producer who was very new at the time called Kat Spooner. Um, she works on all these American reality shows on Netflix and everything now. Wow. And Kat came in in her denim jumpsuit. I'll never forget it. And she was so, they were so fascinated about the fact that I was from the traveling community. Mm. I was so individual. I was younger. Mm. And um, if I do say so, I think I was quite good looking. Um, <laughs> I dressed really well. I loved Kanye West. I loved Kim Kardashian. I was telling them how I dressed in this outfit because I love Kanye's army attire. And they just find me so funny and interesting. Mm. And I was told by him a year later when he was speaking to me about other TV work that he knew from that conversation that day that I was a housemate and they all knew, but he just didn't tell me. Yeah. So I was chosen from that meeting. And then they invited me, they gave me this card that had a special link on it, which is basically like the website for auditioning, but um, it has a, one extra number or something in the handle that brings you to their more special version of their website, which means you jump loads of the stages in the process. Oh, okay. You just needed to put my details on file. I didn't need to do the videos and everything else. So this would just go into their files instead of into the website files for the producers to go through. And they invited me over to Paddington in London. So I booked my flight, paid for my hotel, brought a bit of spending money, left myself with no money. <laughs> <laughs> I went over, got under some beds, I'll never forget it. And then the next morning, I, I told the receptionist to wake me up at 6 o'clock. Can you imagine I woke up at 10 and missed my audition? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, no. I yeah. went to my audition, got a little bus down to the university in Paddington. And we it was a very weird process. We were put into all these groups and stuff. And had to do weird games and everything. And I just knew I was getting through. I just knew I was because okay. I was ace in these games. And I was just opinionated and standing up. And I knew so much about the show. And I, I looked at it like a producer. What would I want to see in people? So I called out all the bullshit in people that I knew yeah. they were doing for, the, for their eyes. And I was just so genuine and real. And I am opinionated. And as you see, I never stopped talking. So I wasn't <laughs> lying. So... I I don't know, I just aced it. So I, I just think I knew that I was getting through and I just knew it was something that I was I was gonna be good at. So I, I did it. Brilliant. So you got into the house and you were there for forty eight days, is that kinda right? No, I le- I was day one till the end. Oh, so you, I oh, think yeah. I left on day fifty one. Oh, okay. Our series had uh we say 50 days, but the, the, that doesn't count launch and the final. So okay. 52 days. Okay. Yeah. You know, as someone that had been a fan of the show, and then now here you are finding yourself in the house. I mean, was it what you thought it would be? Or was there something else? Yeah. Did you think that it was? Yeah, I did. It was, yeah. It, yeah. it was what I thought, but you can never imagine it until you do it. Exactly, yeah. Um, it was very boring. There was not a lot to do during the days. You can't sit in the diary room when you want to. Um, God, you were hungry at times. Yeah. Um, 
there was a lot of stuff like that that was very annoying. Were but, you um, always aware that the cameras, obviously the cameras were there, and were you, after a while, did you kind of just forget about the cameras, or did you, were you always yeah. aware that they were there? It's 50-50. Yeah. It's like, you were, you were aware they're there, but you forget they're there. Um, it obviously depends on the individual. I really threw myself into it as, a, as natural as I could. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong, I also was a big reality television fan, so I wanted to make a few reality TV moments yeah. for the viewers. And I, but I, there were genuine moments still. So, like, I didn't stay quiet because I didn't want to be nominated. No, I stood up and told people what I thought because I knew if I was at home, I'd be looking at it and thinking, you boring bastard. Yeah. Why didn't you stand up and do that? And I wanted to earn my place. I was so thankful to the producers that they gave me opportunity that the least i could do was make a good show yeah i had it in me it's not like i'm just quite person who suddenly was arguing with everyone i could argue for days back then so yeah. i was only doing what i already done <laughs> <laughs> so oh, i want to kind of move on now a bit because obviously then the show ended and you find yourself back out into the real world again and Obviously, there's a big difference now between the Huey before you went in and then when you came out because you were on kind of one of, I know we said it wasn't probably the most, you know, highest rated show at the time, but it was still a fairly popular show and you would have appeared in newspapers and so on and, and online and that. How was it? How was the reaction when you came out of the house? It was phenomenal. It's something I'll never forget. Rylan told me that, told us all actually, um, when they went to the commercial break. They done Big Brother's bid on the side from the yeah. just the day before the final. And when they went to the commercial break and he was we were in the garden, so he told us through the, the wind through like the glass doors that lead from the house to the garden. He was on the inside because he was doing the show from inside the yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. And we were sat out in the garden able to watch over their pieces. And this shows you how much of a fan I was of the show that I knew that, that was happening. Yeah. And I was saying to the housemates, they have us sat there on chairs with cameras directly on the floor, which they never have. They're always, they always have ball cameras. But they set up cameras on the floor, pinting at each of us for, the, for our faces and whatever, and good lighting, with food and drinks laid out. And I said, why would you have a face in the window? I know what's going on. They do it every year. But Ryland said it to us through the glass window. He said, our, my favourite ever big brother, Marcus Bentley, who's the vice over, told me that, uh, do you know the guy who I mean? The guy yeah, he does the um, day 24 in the Big Brother yeah. house. Yeah, He yeah. told me that I'm his favourite ever Channel 5 housemaid and favourite ever male housemaid. Oh. And Nicky Graham is his other favourite. So that was huge compliment. It meant the world to me as a huge fan of the show. I came out to, I feel like in a lot of ways, a bit of a different community with travellers. I feel like I opened up people's eyes. Mm. I'm very proud of that. Um, and a happier life. You know, I heard Caitlyn Jenner saying this on an interview with Piers Morgan, um, and you never understand what this means until it's something that you've experienced, is that just to wake up in the morning time and be yourself mm. is so amazing. It's just so easy. It's just you wake up and you get on with your day and you're just being you. Mm. That's, it's just brilliant to be able to do that rather than waking up with this pressure on your shoulders and this having to put on a persona so people don't guess things about you and all of that stuff all the time. And so it makes me feel a bit emotional to talk about. But, you know, um, my life changed greatly and I was now in a relationship and I left the house my first time ever. Um, 
it, my life was it was very different. I remember going to Dublin Airport and being recognised on the plane. And yeah, because I wanted to ask you, what was the reaction? Let's say the UK versus home here in Ireland. Was there a difference in how people, you know? There was a huge, I was really recognised in the UK because my series of Big Brother ended up getting good ratings mm. because it was very controversial and it had a lot of publicity because, like on day two, this, there was a girl in my series called Laura, she was having sex with this guy called Marco <laughs> and Marco's dad is Marco Pierre White, the chef. Oh, and that's right. I remember so that. Yeah. So many headlines. Yeah. It's so shocking. Like, mm. day two, you're having sex. Marco's got a girlfriend. Like, they were, they were, they were talking, like, it's got a lot of headlines. So I feel like it did get a lot of viewers, but I did underestimate it still. But I remember walking down Oxford Street the day after I left the house because my best friend, one of my best friends now, Charlie, was on that series with me. And my ex-boyfriend, Ryan, who was my now, like, sort of half-boyfriend because we hadn't made it officially yet. Um, was in Charlie's friend's house and I'd gone for a walk because I love my headphones and I love going mm. for a walk and I hadn't done that in two months. Over two months because before you go into Big Brother, you spend a week in hiding. With no phone, no nothing. You stay with a chaperone in, the, in an apartment. You can't watch telly, nothing. Mm. Um, so t- oh, two months and a week, basically, I'd done this for. And I went down for a walk and so many people recognised me literally every second person who asked me for photos there my headphones on they were tapping on my shoulders they were saying my name i took off the headphones and kept walking people were going past on bikes and saying my name yeah. a taxi driver pulled up in a taxi with customers and got out to take a picture and got back to the taxi it was absolutely hilarious and it was nuts it was crazy and but when i came back to ireland there wasn't more of a reaction but that's probably because i was mostly in my hometown so the whole of ballymun watched that and I remember coming to the airport and all my family was waiting for me and my family was saying that so many people who was on the same flight coming to arrivals were saying to them, he's coming, he's on his way, he's on his way, he was on the flight with us. Yeah. And all of like loads of the airport staff got photos and there was journalists and there was photographers there and it was nuts, it was crazy and it was, me and my dad also hadn't spoken for a few years before this. And he was there, and it was a big moment for me, definitely. It was something I'll never forget. It makes me smile to think back on, definitely. So, you obviously, you like the attention then that, that you get, because you, you feel you, you seem quite comfortable when people were kind of coming up to you, talking and wanting pictures. Oh, and that, that. Yeah. It was weird then. It's not weird now. Um, now, don't get me wrong. If I go off the pub and nobody asks me for a photo, I don't start thinking about it for quite a Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I do think at that time I had a lot of issues and insecurities and I'd never been to popular one in my life and all and I was always a bit strange within my world. So it was very weird to suddenly be popular. Mm. But it was a nice feeling, but I didn't know how to deal with it yeah. either. I didn't because it was a lot. Like I'm saying to you now, it was a lot. It was a lot. Like, I remember going to Sin nightclub about two weeks later, and we, I, my cousin couldn't find it, because normally you get a taxi and all. Yeah. Or you just, like, you'd walk around and stuff, because it's in there, Temple Bar it was. And I'll never forget pulling up and sticking my head out the window to say, guys, can you show me where Sin nightclub is? And this woman was at a hand party. She started screaming her head off. Here I! 
like that. And I just jumped back into the car and I was like, oh my God, what is going on? And I went to the club that night and I did not get a minute. Like I literally didn't get a minute yeah. to myself. Like yeah. I was better not to go because I couldn't actually do normal things. So it was strange then. But I mean, it's the only thing you have in life to worry about is people coming up to you and being nice and asking you for a photograph. Yeah. Jesus Christ, there's nothing to worry about. But now, six years later, it was six years ago yesterday that I left the big Yeah, brother. isn't that quite ironic, isn't it? Yeah. Now we're talking so, about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The story you just told me, uh, sorry, I just told you about walking on Oxford Street. That is six years ago today. Wow. Actually, think yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah. And my sister's baby um, was just born this morning as well, which is crazy. And my sister's son was born just after I left Big Brother as well. So, so all, you're an uncle again. All history is repeating itself. Um, yeah. What was I going to say to you? It was nuts, but I, um, I definitely, um, my life was so different. But now that I'm kind of used to things, and it's been six years, and I'm grateful to still be getting work, and um, I'm grateful for people just being so lovely. It's been six years, and every day I get asked to take photos when I go out. Yeah. Every single day, people come up to me. Like, every, it's just normal to me now. I'll just be walking up the road and people will beep their horn or yeah. people will say hello or you'll be on the bus or whatever it is. And people just I go to pubs, I go to restaurants all the time. Like, the other day, I've got a bad chest infection right now and um, my mum, funnily enough, thought I was taking a heart attack because I had bad pains in my chest uh, and I was sat in this cafe. I yeah. And I was holding my chest, like, clearly, like, in a very weird position. And this woman came over as she was leaving I was like, Sorry, Huey, can I get a photo of this? <laughs> <loves you." laughs> and I was like, okay, smiling whilst I'm holding myself together. <laughs> um, so, like, it happens all the time, but um, yeah. I, um, I, I just, I think it's lovely that people are nice. I think I have to say, as someone that watched the series that you were in, and you probably are one of the most memorable housemates. Thank you. And not because of anything that you did, but just, I think, because that you were just being yourself. Yeah, I was yeah. definitely open, yeah. Yeah. But that's important, I feel, on these shows. Um, so we're kind of going to move on, because you've done kind of a good few shows since that, different things like Dancing with the Stars, you've done, you've appeared on First Dates. Um, and I want to talk to you kind of about Living with Lucy, because that's where TV personality Lucy Kennedy uh, moved in with you. The premise of the show was where she moves in with celebrities and stays with them for a couple of days and kind of gets to see them in their own environment. And just I wanted to ask you, because obviously being in the Big Brother house, that was a, a TV set and there was cameras and lights and all that, and there was producers and directors. And here you are now in a different kind of show where somebody's actually in your own home with you. I mean, was that that must have been a different thing entirely. Definitely. Um, I'm, I'm not a private person, surprisingly. <laughs> so... <laughs> It wasn't weird for me. It was a bit weird for my family because although not everyone appeared on telly, he wore hair. Yeah. <laughs> Funnily enough. Um, um, it wasn't... Like, Living with Lucy was definitely one of my bucket list dreams. Yeah. For sure. That's when I started to really pick off people that I thought would be good for me to do, like shows that I'd really love to do. And Living with Lucy was one of them. And I had that dream and plan for the four years. So that was um, fantastic. And also, um, they, they pay very good money for that show. Uh. <laughs> so that was, I knew that as well because I'd been asked to do it in 
2017, right after Dancing with the Stars. And I, I've never actually told anyone this. No. Lucy didn't actually, Lucy didn't actually know this, obviously because it's her producers and the channel that approaches people. Um, she obviously can give recommendations, etc. Yeah. Um, but she's just presents that, and um, I knew to give good money because I remember we had a talk about it a few years before. So I was like, "Yes, I want to do that show." <laughs> and I remember telling my friend I was filming a show in August last year, and I was it called Celebrity Pulling with My Parents. Oh yes. I was at my friend Sabrina's um, cat rescue center. Sabrina Holland. She's a fantastic animal rescuer and she volunteers there and we're filming this show celebrity pulling with my parents and i remember telling her that i'd love to do that living with lucy show you know it's great for my profile and show a different side to me and i went out to sit in the car because i was scared of all the cats they were all like crawling near me and i was getting scared but i went to sit in the car while she filmed her piece and i got an inbox from lucy kennedy on instagram Mm. Would you be up for doing a living with Lucy? And I was like, Are you winding me up? Like, is the gods really taking care of me this month? Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh, wow. And I got living with Lucy and we filmed it in September. Can't believe it's nearly a year. Yeah. But um, it was absolutely incredible. Amazing experience. It's the best TV job I've ever got. Yeah. There's a fantastic um, scene in that, Huey, where Lucy is speaking to your dad and they're talking quite, you know, um, candidly and frankly about when he when you came out to him and that kind of thing and it was a lovely scene i thought it was really really nice it was fantastic mm. and my, my dad's really grown as a person in the past few years from somebody that was has openly said he was homophobic um where it's not just homophobic as in he didn't understand or get gay people or gay marriage for religious reasons which I don't agree with, but I can understand why people are like that. I'm mm-hmm. one of those people. I'm open-minded. Yeah. Um, it wasn't just like that. He genuinely had the hatred of gay people. Mm. And he just really just didn't, he just found it sort of custom. And he's gone from that to now, like he'll actually joke with his friends that I fancy them and stuff. Like he can, he's so comfortable with yeah, it now. Yeah. Even more so than when we filmed Living at Lucy a year ago. I feel like each year goes by, he's becoming more, he's, he understands now, he understands about gay marriage, about surrogacy, about yeah, all of this. Yeah. Um, but that was a very powerful scene on Living at Lucy and Lucy and the director, I never actually seen it in person. I didn't see it from TV, told me afterwards that it was an incredible scene to done with my dad. And Lucy was very happy with it, yeah. So it was a great moment. And my dad got a lot of fans. A lot mm. of people recognized him also, you know, on the street did after that aired. And they were like, I love Huey, but I, al- I always loved Huey, but now I love you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think me and my dad would make a good television. I was just about to actually say that. Would you ever consider doing something like that with your dad, some kind of show? Yeah. yeah. Well, I contacted... Uh, the owner of um, Shinnewill. I love how I'm revealing everything. Yeah. <laughs> who, made, who makes Dancing with the Stars, Larry Bass, actually just yesterday. Because he's always, all these producers and people always ask me about new concepts because they know I'm good with TV and yeah. I'm good to work with yeah. and stuff. Um, and there's a show I really would like to do with my dad. So I actually have to write up the, 
what did they call it? The treatment. Oh, the tr- <laughs> oh my God, you've got all the lingo and everything. Yeah, the treatment yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were done shite at. I'm like, what do you do? Do you just write out your idea? Or yeah. is it, do you have to write it out in a very professional way or <laughs> a thereabouts way? And um, I want to, I'm, I'm sending it off to them. Um, he's just sent me his email. I've got him on Facebook, on Messenger, which is, which is, kind of a bit strange normally you email people but we know each other obviously um yeah. so um about uh, this show i'd like to do it with my dad um i'd like to do a show i'm not going to say too much no 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 i'd like to do a show with my dad and i'd like to kind of maybe do a family tree or a history mm. of our family and where we came from and yeah. touch on the traveler community thing and like there's a lot of stuff i'd like to do with them for sure and um, like that i think it'd be great because my dad um my dad loves uh, the same kinds of things that I do. He loves asking questions about people's family and mm. he loves learning and he, he loves learning about his own and stuff. So um, I think that would be great, definitely. We'll keep an eye out for that one. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. You're also in the process of um, setting up your own podcast, which we're not going to give away too much information about, yeah. but it's going to be you presenting your own podcast where something like this where you'll have a guest on um, yeah. every week chatting about different things i suppose yeah yeah so it'll be every week and i now since i've started looking into setting it up and i understand how much work goes into it and why it's once a week because i'm always like why did you only put up an episode a week but like the editing and all of that is so much um <laughs> so you you I, have no idea what goes on behind the scenes of making a show or you know you have no idea so, so much <laughs> and, and like i get the telly show side because yeah. i know for like an hour episode we sometimes film for days like mm. 12 hour days for two weeks i mean only get an hour footage it's like it's crazy um but it's so much the editing so i respect everyone so much now but i've um i was speaking with um i've done a podcast that's been released today um actually um on um, it's all relatives, hosted by Susan O'Driscoll. She's Brian O'Driscoll's sister. Oh wow! And, yeah, I've listened to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and manager, she's his manager. And it's a podcast always about being a relative of a celebrity. Yeah, she is. yeah. So that's what's called it's all relatives. But I'm the first guest that isn't on to speak about their experience of having a famous family member. But we could we could still relate, I suppose. That's why she contacted me because to get to like home, don't just come from mainstream society. I come from a minority mm. within that. And there's all like, there's that, like what is the cause within my family with me being on TV? Because there's like, as I said, there's a lot of internal stigma in the traveling community. And my family got a lot of shit about me being gay and stuff. Mm. And still does some other travelers. So, I could kind of get that thing where the impact on family is, where it's just kind of turning things around. And um, when I was there, when we finished recording, she was giving me a lot of advice and contacts and stuff. So I've been following that up. And I have a great name, fantastic name. I think it's so funny and works in so many ways. (laughs) And I contacted a lot of very high-profile guests. When I say very high-profile, some of them are so well-known. And people have said yes, some have said no for mm. reasons. Um, and I have some great, like very interesting guests that I've reached out to, some very popular mm. influencers. And I have so many 
subjects I want to discuss that I don't think always gets discussed, especially mm-hmm. over here in Ireland. Um, and in the, the vein, I'd like it to be discussed in. Because um, I'm opinionated and chatty, but mm. I love learning about people. And I think I'd be, I think I'd be a good presenter, a good host. And I really want to do this and um, have very honest conversations. You do know now, Huey, that when you are in, when the roles are reversed, so when you're the host and you have a guest that comes on, that you are going to have to allow the guest some t- some time to get a word in as well. Yeah. <laughs> Of course, of course. I have to be, I have to be the question person. Yes, but, yes. But I am like that. Like if you, you should see me in person. Like I'm always so interested in everyone, and I always ask them questions. I love learning. Yeah, yeah. Um, because there was a headline that kind of came out about you relocating to Galway. So I was thinking that perhaps maybe you were going to land in here to the studio and we're going to do this face to face. But unfortunately, that didn't happen on this occasion. But um, yes, yeah. Um, so what I am doing now is I'm, I've started working and volunteering with a lot of travellers organisations and we're doing LGBT um, programmes and campaigns, which mm-hmm. I think is long overdue. So a lot of them are based down in the West. So I have friends that stay in Galway, in Galway City, and they said I can just basically be a roommate, come up and down every week, and that's basically what I'm now doing. And I want to spend time outside of Dublin and I was going to possibly go to Manchester or something and do that and then this opportunity came up mm. so that's um that's what I'm doing. But I still have my base in Dublin. I'll just be going up and down. Just get the train up, get the train down and very frequently. So I'm fifty fifty sort of now. Speaking of the work you're doing there, I mean since twenty sixteen, have you had many young gay traveller men contact you and say that they you know they're looking to come out and they don't really know whether they can and are they looking to you for advice yeah yeah um people do contact me and it's very lovely and i'm always um a very understanding and i all talk to people and um i also give them some advice and just because they'll ask me about my story mm. in life and I'll tell them very honestly, and I reach out. This is why I've done a lot of work to try and get our organisations updated to focus on these issues that we have. Um, and our men's health workers need to understand LGBT issues and the mental health problems that causes. We have a 50% rate of travellers dying under the age of 40. Wow, that's really high. Shocking, shocking stuff to hear. And we can't just attribute that to lack of opportunity and racism in society. You have to look at why over 90% of traveller men have crimes on the record, have committed crimes. Mm. Why we have a 20% prison population in Ireland of travellers, but you only make up less than 1% of the population. Like, you have to look at all of this and wonder why these things are happening. And I feel like our organizations need to focus on that and being honest and being open. The world we live in with all the cancel culture, nobody's, nobody who's not part of said community is allowed to have an opinion like that, even mm-hmm. if they don't mean it rudely. They're just being honest about that and figures without everybody getting offended. And until people stop getting offended by us openly talking about 
problems will never change anything and we'll never get each mm. other to hear because all that everybody's doing then is arguing aren't they mm-hmm. you have to i have to sit here and say as a traveler no not everybody's against travelers not every traveler in the community who doesn't understand gay people is homophobic and nasty some of them haven't been through mainstream education some of them haven't integrated with society they got married at 17 to a traveler and had kids and just work that way and live that way. They don't really understand that we have to educate and change things. So these are the conversations that I've had a lot with our organizations and I've really tried to open up the doors to try and change things with the approach so that there's support for people, including the LGBTQ plus whatever travelers. So, um, and I do think things are changing definitely. And I'm happy to be part of that and many other people and um, yeah, so that's kind of the directions I try pointing in. Mm. Um, and just be yourself. You know, it's so easy to be you without you understanding. And life is so simple. Genuinely, it is. It is when you're just being yourself. Mm. I think so. Now, this show is primarily a kind of a mental health show, and you yourself have gone through some issues involving anxiety. For sure. I really suffer with anxiety, I, especially when I split up with my ex-boyfriend. Oh my god, mm. it was horrific. I was, I had to start taking some like calming medication from the doctor, um, which I was scared to take because I was scared of being independent. I don't know if that's quite an ignorant way of looking at things. Maybe it is ignorant because I did never understand um, the importance of that what that's described here, but I did take it sometimes. And, you know, at that time I was self-medicating. I was drinking a lot and stuff. Um, I'm dealing with so much. The the shaking of my body was horrific. It was horrible. But before I was on Big Brother, I used to have anxiety, but I didn't know what anxiety was. I used to have this funny feeling, I'd call it. And it was only when I was on Big Brother when I spent that much time with people 24 hours a day with zero distraction that... I learned what anxiety was, um, and it was just horrific. Um, it's, it's the most horrible thing that you can go through, and it's great that it's such an open conversation these days. Um, but I, my coping mechanism is I, I'm a long walker. I, I chat to people a lot. I love my music, and I just get up and just go for a big long walk as soon as I feel anxious and wet, 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 have a shower and chill out. That's how I kind of move past it. So, yeah, I've dealt with anxiety and mental health issues since I was a teenager. Would you say you're still dealing with a bit of anxiety even even today? Yeah, 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 definitely, always. I get it quite bad. Um, It's horrible. So I I just get up and try and... Even when the days when I really can't be bothered to do anything, that's the days when I really push myself to do a bit of work. I'll help my dad unload and load up something because he just loves doing that. <laughs> He's a hoarder. Mm. Um, and by the time you finish lifting heavy boxes and you're sweating and stuff, you're suddenly in a good mood. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're releasing those hormones, aren't you? So, I think you're kind of just both, doing something physical as well, where you're kind of just, yeah, you know, I'm, doing I'm something. Very active. Yeah. I'm a very active person. I, I'd say I walk about seven, eight miles a day. Yeah. So, um, it's good. 
Well, Huey, we're nearly kind of at the end of today's show. Um, I know that you're rushing off now to film a top-secret TV project which you cannot tell us any information about, but that's fair enough. We, I think we've got enough information from you today of different things, I think. <laughs> yeah, I comment. It's a paranormal show about haunted locations with 12 people from TV. And um, John Connors from Love Hate is one of the producers, the director. And it's going to be fantastic. I'm into all of that. I'm very spiritual and religious. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I'm excited, for sure. I'm really excited. Yeah, so you kind of believe in all the paranormal activity and stuff like for that. For sure. Oh, yeah. my God. I've heard things and seen things myself. And I find it crazy when people don't have any belief in anything. I'm like, why do you not believe anything? Like, what? Like, have you never got an instinct about something? Have you never, have you never seen somebody who treats somebody quite badly learn the hard way and karma really getting them back? Mm. Like, there's no such thing as an energy or power in the world. And that's and like I'm I'm talking to you today, and it's kind of it's six years this month since Big Brother came out, and I just think there's no such thing as coincidences. Why? I just don't believe in coincidences. I always think that something always happens. Because it's supposed to happen or it's meant to happen. Yeah, yeah. I think coincidence is a word we use when we can't explain a situation. Yeah, yeah. Just a word. It's like the word luck. Like, if somebody says, oh my God, he fell over and he was like an inch away from the curb and so lucky he didn't get brain damage. Well, it's not luck. It's that you can scientifically explain it. He was an inch away from the curb yeah. because he, he fell a certain way and that's why. Like, it's, it's ex- there's an explanation as to why. Yeah. It's as you say, he's got luck on his side. But I do believe you can go through spells of having so-called luck on your side, for sure. Like, I had such a tough year in 2020 that I really went through the mills and I'd really feel like 2021, good graces came my way because I was in a relationship mm-hmm. that ended in 2020. My ex he treated me so horribly in that breakup that I feel like God or luck or whatever it is in the world brought me good karma, good things in 2021. And I, I done so much. I done this TV show in America that aired in 190 countries on MTV. Is that called The Challenge? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Major, like major, like something that aired in almost 200 countries that they, they played in different languages yeah. and all these, they, they dub your voice and stuff. That's nuts when I see clips of me shouting in German. <laughs> <laughs> um, as somebody else's voice, and I've just got like a vein popping in my forehead screaming because I'm just like, crazy when I start. I feel like I've calmed down now, even in the last year, how I react to stuff. Um, which I don't know how much the reality producers are going to be pleased with that. <laughs> <laughs> but I've grown up a bit. Um, i done Living with Lucy, i done Celebrity Pulling with My Parents, i done First Date mm. twice in 2021. i done a show called Bringing Back the Glitch, which is like a special on Dancing with the Stars. i done um, Eat With the Enemy aired in 2021. I went to Amsterdam to film, I went to Croatia, I went to Germany to film. Um, I had my bum made bigger again, <laughs> I got my hair transplanted. Like i just done so much. I got my own little home. My life got so good in 2021. Yeah. And I know I made it happen, but like at the same time, things came to me like 
Lucy Kennedy just inbox me yeah, last week yeah. on the show yeah. when she can pick so many people. Mm. And I feel like I was so fortunate. Um, but I, yeah, I find that a bit, cra- a bit scary that people don't believe in anything because I'd rather have a bit of belief than none. Even if I didn't believe it, I'd rather just think, you know what, I'll just, I believe there's such a thing as a heaven. I'd rather believe my mum is going to go there than nothing. Yeah. I, don't, I find it kind of nuts that people kind of are really proud of being atheists. So I'm yeah. like, what are you proud of? That's scary. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I do. Now, my final question to you, and I'm going to let you go then, is from your career to date, what's been kind of the high point? American MTV, Living with Lucy. Living with Lucy, probably. Yeah. So that's recognition here. I would love to be able to say dance with stars, but at that time, I was dealing with a lot, and mm. I didn't take that opportunity the way I should have, which is why I would love if you'd done an all-star season so I could redo it again. They so, might. You never know what dance, they might. Yeah, yeah Dancing with the Stars was the most incredible, the biggest opportunity, that and the challenge. But Living with Lucy is such a high point. It's, it's fantastic. It's amazing to think mm. I've done that show with, um, is it called, uh, no, Pat Spillane, is that what it's called? It's like a really um, iconic, um, I think it's a Gaelic footballer and he's a coach. Mm. Um, Paul Gascoigne, all of these people, like Jay Goody was on the show, yeah, and yeah, Jermaine yeah. Jackson, like, it's, it's incredible that I got to do that. So that definitely is. And I feel like when I do my own podcast, that would be my new little thing because I feel like this is my little brain space that I created. And I'd love to write a book. I'd love to write an autobiography, even if nobody bought it. <sighs> I just want to have one copy myself to go with my 400 books that I've got in storage from my teenage years that I read. Uh. Like, I've made my own. Yeah. Well, I look forward to listening to your podcast whenever it comes out and also hopefully getting to read that book at some time in the very near future. Yeah. <laughs> now, if anybody wants to follow you on social media, Huey, I was looking there earlier, you've got nearly 100,000 followers on Instagram. And yeah. what's your Instagram handle? At Huey Mon Official. Then I've got Twitter, which is at Huey underscore Mon. And then just Huey Mon on Facebook, and it's the verified Facebook account. It is. The other ones are, the other ones aren't me. <laughs> the verified Facebook one is Huey, it's me. Look the other ones are fake pages and fan pages and whatever. And <sighs> um, so, um, yeah, you can find me there and ranting and raving as usual. <laughs> um, Huey, once again, thank you so much for taking the time to pop out the show and have a chat. It's been great meeting you. Thank you so much for having me. And. I'm sorry for burning your ears, I talk. <laughs> it's good practice for when you have your own podcast. <laughs> no, but it's the other way around. I can just pray that I'll get good karma, that I'll get guests that talk a lot, because I feel like that's the least they can do, is talk a lot and not leave a, a presenter sat there trying to pull something out of you. Yeah, I haven't had to do that today for one second. <laughs> no problem thank, thank you so much thank you so much, cheers thank you and that's it for today's episode of Mind the Head thank you so much for listening along I'll be back with you again soon bye bye Mind the Head with Paul Flaherty a weekly show that focuses on mental health and well-being Sundays on Lockray Community Radio brought to you by Dignity Funeral Care funeral directors caring for your peace of mind